0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Silencing Women in the Name of God. I'm Devry Alice. My voice is still a little froggy. I've been like three weeks post-COVID, and this is just hanging on. So um, if it sounds weird, it's not the mic. It's just me. Uh, (laughs) So I wanted to record a little something for the holidays, for Christmas. And I just want to talk about my experience Uh, the emotional roller coaster that was the holidays for me after leaving religion and maybe it will help somebody else who's having a little bit of a hard time so sit back I hope you can enjoy um, I hope you can relate I hope that there's somebody that you can send this to that maybe needs just a few words of comfort (laughs) Christmas was always my favorite holiday. I loved Christmas so much. And I can already feel the tears welling up in the back of my eyes. So this is going to be fun. We're going to see how this goes today. I remember Christmas was always hard for my parents. Money was always tight. They always managed to pull through. Christmases were always just amazing. But the thing that I really remember the most from Christmas really was just the magic. Like the presents were amazing. And of course I'd be sad if they weren't there. I was a kid, but I remember loving our tree in particular. So, so, so much. Like I remember sitting on the couch with the lights off and just staring at the tree as it would sparkle. And my mom always would put tinsel on our tree, but like, (laughs) listen, my mom didn't put tinsel on the tree like how a lot of people put tinsel on the tree. Like she would hang this shit strand by strand and I'm not kidding. Like it was just put so delicately across the branches so that as the fan, like the overhead fan would you know just gently spin, it would make them just wave a little bit which would catch the Christmas lights and our tree was just beautiful. I loved it so much. And we also had this nativity set, which was really, I mean, it was sacred. Like, there's no other word for it. Like, not only were you, you had Christ and the Holy Family. And, and I grew up in a religious environment where that was definitely the focus, you know, was, was Christ and his birth and the miracle that that was. Um, but this particular nativity set, my mother had done herself. So it was um, an all-white nativity set. There was like the faintest hint of pearlescent um, coating on, like maybe the saddles of the camel, and and then she had taken gold, like liquid gold, and had done so delicately, like the little buckles on the on the saddles, and um, just you know on on the boxes that the wise men had brought, and it was this beautiful, elegant thing that my mother would set out with such reverence and such precision, and I loved it. So when I got married, I carried a lot of that over. We had a white nativity set. I um, actually had several nativity sets. I think I had three or, or four. And they were all very simple, either pure white or um, just very, very, very simple, beautiful nativity sets. That I treated the same way that my mother had treated them. My trees, my decor was, was very similar to what I had had growing up. You know, I, I made garlands to go over the, the windows and the doors. And and I just, I, I loved Christmas. Much to my husband's uh, dismay because he is the Grinch. And <laughs> it, was, uh, it was, it was not a great match as far as Christmas went, he and I. But I just, Christmas was something that I just looked forward to with such excitement. And then when I had my faith crisis... And when I left the Mormon church, Christmas became something that was difficult in a way that was unexpected. Like, I just didn't see that coming to the full depth that it did. I think I kind of understood, like, I don't know, like, like, I remember asking myself, like, what am I going to do with these nativity sets? Like, do I want to put them up? Are they important to my kids? Because I don't know what I think, but I know for sure that I don't believe in Jesus Christ the way that I used to believe in Jesus Christ. Um, and so to, to put those up felt not only weird, but it felt like a, it felt like a spotlight on my own confusion. Like I was, it was, it was like, I don't really know what this is. So let's put statues up around it so that I feel really, really confused (laughs) during, you know, a holiday that I'd always loved. And so the first year, I, the first year I didn't put out, well, okay, now I'm trying to remember if I didn't put out the nativity sets the year that we left or if it was the next year. Cause it might've been that year where I was like, you know what? I just, I'm not sure. Let's not put the nativity sets up. Like we're just going to leave them in a box. I think that might've been it because I, we left my last day as a Mormon officially was December 31st. Um, and it'll be four years come this December 31st. And I know the exact date because I was not going to just kind of stop going to church or fade away. Like that was, that's not how I, how I operate. I'm definitely a, um, make a decision and then go kind of girl. And so that whole time before, like I was still going to church, Basically every week, I was still paying my tithing, which is ten percent of your income as a Mormon. Um, I was still holding callings. I was I was doing all of the things, and then uh, we were going out for a New Year's Eve dinner, Zach and I, and I decided before we left, like I was like, I am not going to wear what I quote unquote should wear as a good Mormon. Like I'm going to wear something else, and. I'm gonna have a drink tonight, which I had never, guys. I had never had alcohol ever, like, not even a sip, nothing. And you know, he was like, Are you are you sure? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, this, this, this is it. Like, I'm I'm done. And so, like, I remember like it was such a clear decision, and I have a solid date. So, um, that Christmas leading up to that decision, I may not have put the nativity sets out that year. Cause it was, it was just a weird, it was a weird thing. Now the next year, that was a different story. Um, everything changed for me that next year. I, and I, th- I talked about this a little bit on the first episode, just briefly kind of referenced it. Um, Heather Hildenbrand, who is a good friend of mine has difficulty with Christmas and it's for very different reasons, but I knew that I knew that she struggled with Christmas and I think it was probably approaching the holiday. So, yeah, because I remember I was on a walk, the weather was pretty nice. So, it was probably before Halloween, and I was just kind of like, oh, we've got, like, I can feel it's incoming, right? We have Thanksgiving and then Christmas and all of the things. And so, I called her in tears because I was like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. I've always loved this holiday, and I, I'm currently feeling nothing but dread and sadness and grief. Like really a very very real amount of grief for what I had lost because all of the magic that I had always felt, all of the joy that I had always felt, that that delightful anticipation was just was just gone. And all I could feel was this heaviness and this dark hole of unknown and I I I remember trying to tell myself like that I was being really silly that it was just it's no big deal you know like it's 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 a holiday so what lots of people sep- celebrate it differently and and I remember trying to talk myself into like hey, like you can you can reassign, you know, things like you could redo ABCD, whatever, like it doesn't have to be what it always was. And that's fine. But that first year that it just wasn't helping. It wasn't making anything better at all, actually. And I wish that I could say that that year got better, but it really didn't. I felt numb. I felt a little dead inside. <laughs> I felt um, lost. Like I just felt so, so lost. Um, so let's see, that would have been 2019. Yeah. Right. No, 18, 2018. Oh man. I can't keep track of my years here. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It happened, but (laughs) the next, the next year it was, it was still the, the same. Like it wasn't, I thought maybe time would help it. And time at that point was not, was not helping it. And I happened to be at Heather Hildenbrand's house. And now I am confused. Maybe that was the same year. Maybe I had colder and nope, nope, nope. Cause I had left. Don't mind me as I try to just figure timelines out. Time has lost. I have lost all ability to track time since 2020. Like, Literally, I cannot. It's just events on a weird space continuum that has no time involved in this. They're just like, it's a scattershot of events. So please forgive me. But I was at Heather Hildenbrand's house, actually. And and we were talking and, and we were both talking about how how difficult the holidays were when you can't feel anything. And I, I really had an urge to change things. I really had an urge to just make it different so that it... <sighs> I guess I think what I was trying to do was I was trying to get rid of the triggers. I was trying to have it not look like my family's house, right? And my my mother's tree and my and and my family's nativity set and you know, so much of my traditions had been wrapped up in the church, like I would sing in the choir, we would sing Christmas music every week. Um You know there would be a Christmas party. I mean, like there would be the charity events, blah blah blah. Like so much of Christmas was wrapped up in the church to me, and it was all gone down to my belief in the whole reason for the holiday in the first place. And it was actually really beautiful because I was I was talking to her about what do I do because I want to change things, but I'm worried that my kids will be upset. I'm worried my kids will be sad, and um, you know they've had all these things their whole life, and her husband. Uh, whom I adore, he's a wonderful man. He kind of he he was sitting there, and, and he he got up and he left, which was fine. Heather and I were just talking, and um, he came back in with a book. I'm gonna oh I'm gonna cry for sure, guys. He came back in with a book, and he sat down, and he just sat there clutching this book, waiting for a break in the conversation. And uh, Heather happened to get a phone call, and so she left, and so I turned to her husband who'd been waiting so patiently. And he held out the um oh the Polar Express, the book The Polar Express. And he was like, When I was growing up, we read this book. And I loved it. I loved this tradition. And my heart was touched that he wanted to share it with me. But at the same time, I was like, great, that's wonderful. It doesn't actually like help my my problem here. <laughs> like the Polar Express is a lovely story. Thank you. Um, but then he he continued and and he was like, you know, we also had a nativity set up, even though we didn't believe in, in any of that. We weren't religious at all, but it was still there. And, it, and you know, I enjoyed that, too. And, and he went on to share a couple of other things that he liked about um, Christmas growing up. And then he looked at me and he said, I think the most important thing is just to find things that you love. Talk to your kids. Ask them what their favorite things are. Ask them what matters to them and keep that. And it was so profound. Like, I was like, oh my, like, why did I not, like, why did I not think, like, let's just talk to my kids about it. And I did, like, I sat them down and I was like, guys, I kind of would like to change things, but I'm, I'm really, really worried about you. And, and they told me, like, they were like, we don't give a crap about ABCD, you know, but also like this thing we really, really like. Um, and so we started changing the holiday. Like I started tweaking a couple of things and um, trying to kind of reclaim that as my own. And I really wish that was the end of the Christmas story, but it's not. So the next year, (laughs) the next year was kind of this weird, like limbo land where there were things we had changed, but there were also things that were still the same. And I went from sadness and grief around Christmas to so much anger. (laughs) And I laugh because I know where this is going. Guys, I was so angry. Like I was angry at everything. Like I was angry at Christmas music. I was angry at Christmas lights. I was angry at all of the things. Like there was just nothing not to be angry about, which was difficult given the fact that I've already established that my husband is a Christmas Grinch. And so I'm trying not to destroy my children's holiday, but now I'm trying to compensate for my Grinch while being a bigger Grinch. Like it was just, oh, it was it was not fun. And I joke now because what happened, so this would have been 2020. What happened, 2020 or 20? yeah, let's say 2020. I don't know, again. <laughs> After Christmas was over, I just wanted it. I just wanted all the decorations out of my house. Like I wanted them out. I didn't want to see them again. Like I just needed it cleaned up. And schedules weren't matching. Like things were not getting put away. And so I just freak. I freaked out. I, I freaked out. Um, the upstairs tree because I've I've had two trees for a while. So the upstairs tree I think got put away properly. By the time I got to the downstairs tree, I was like. I hate all of this. I hate all of this. I hate everything in this basement. I hate every ornament. I hate every, like, Santa. I hate everything. And I lost my shit. Um, I I was standing on a chair to get the top ornaments off, and um, there was a plastic bin below where they were supposed to go, and I just started chucking these ornaments in the box, like like not dropping, like baseball throwing these ornaments in the box. And of course I have a lot of glass ornaments, so they are shattering. And I keep throwing and I can't stop myself. Like I have probably more control than I should, like it's not always healthy, but I couldn't pull it back in. Like I couldn't shut down the rage. It was so overwhelming and I just needed it out and i remember like my husband like kind of coming down the hall and standing there for a minute and choosing to not say anything and like walk away and then i remember my daughter like poking her head around the basement like door and like like just poking her head and i could see her out of the peripheral vision and then like like disappearing back into the shadows, you know as she was like, oh like I am not I am not going in there. Um, and so my family literally like retreated to their their little corners of their house and stayed completely out of my way while I broke half of our Christmas decorations and hauled every single Santa Claus, every nativity set, every everything out to our trash can. Guy I probably threw away. $400 worth of Christmas decor minimum. Um, It was, it was, I was just so angry. And this year it was so funny because my daughter, I told her she could decorate the basement. She always wants to decorate. And I'm kind of anal about my main floor. Um, And so I was like, you can like take whatever you want. You know, like if you don't want something, we'll put it back in the attic. If you want it, take it downstairs. You can decorate it. I promise I won't touch it. And, so I went down to, like, look at what she'd done, and there was basically nothing. Like, there was just a few items, and I was like, is that all you wanted? And she, like, looks at me, and she's like, there's nothing else. Like, she's like, I can't, there's no Santas, there's no this, there's no that, and I was like, why don't, and then I remembered, and I was like, oh, oh. I I threw away all of the Christmas decorations for the basement and the great rage of 2020. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I need to, I probably need to get some more stuff, but, um, the rage was, was just in insane. And I also remember, I remember getting so mad at my son on one of those years and I can't remember if it was the grief year or the angry year, but all, all he wanted was one, um, one gift he wouldn't put anything else on his list. And so what that really meant was there was no way for me to surprise him. So, of course, I told him, like, I wasn't sure if I could get that because it was definitely out of budget. Uh, and I was like, I don't know if that's going to happen, buddy. But so, like, I'm going to look for some other things. So, like, don't count on it. And, of course, I I ordered it and it shows up. And the, the, the damn name of the item is, like, plastered all over the outside of this absolutely enormous box. And so he brings it inside. He has this little smirk on his face because of course he knows what he's getting. And I am so angry. Like I am so, so, so mad. And the next day we're we're driving and he finally is like, I don't understand why you are so upset. Like I am excited, I am so happy about this gift, and I would be happy whether I knew about it now, or whether I knew about it in three weeks. And I remember just losing it, because I was like, you don't understand. I have nothing left. I don't have any of the memories of Christmas that I can still hold on to in the same way. I don't have a belief in Jesus Christ like I used to. My definition of God has completely shifted. Every single aspect of the holiday was wrapped up in the church for me, whether it be the singing or the events or whatever. Like I have lost every single thing that I loved about Christmas and the only thing I have left was getting my children gifts and watching their happy, surprised faces on Christmas morning. That's all I had. And now I don't have that either because you know what you're getting. There will be no surprise. It'll just be like, oh, yay, great. Thank you. Moving on. And uh, yeah, it was just shocking the amount of grief and pain that this holiday brought me. And I'm, I'm being really specific and very detailed because again, I just... I know that I'm not the only one who has walked through this or is walking through this right now. And I desperately want you guys to know that you are not alone, that you are not overreacting, that this is a very, very real loss. And it feels like a death because it is a death. You are grieving the death of everything that you knew, of something that you believed in, not only as a real true event but as the the catalyst, as the vehicle for your salvation and eternal life. This is a death across multiple fronts. And it's okay that you're hurting. And it's okay that you're walking through a grieving process of like denial and sadness and rage and all of the things that I just kind of experienced like year by year. It was like, it was like the calendar would hit the hold button, right? And then it <laughs> and and then the next year it was like, "All right, stage 2 of the grief process will begin now because we have reentered this." But I will say, this year so we are now 2022 moving into 2023, and although I don't hold the same excitement for Christmas that I once did, and maybe maybe I will be able to get this back. I don't really know. I'll have to check in next year and see how we're doing. But I'm not grieving anymore. And I'm not angry anymore. And I am starting to feel the Christmas spirit again, for lack of better words, because that's what everyone, I mean, most people understand what I mean by that. I'm starting to feel some hope, which is the reason for the season. I am starting to regain a sense of excitement over even buying gifts for people. Um I have changed a lot of things to help with that. I I claimed some things. Like I and this this seems so silly, but I'm going to tell you because it might help somebody else. So I really needed Christmas to look different as I've mentioned. Uh my family were traditionalist to the core as far as like, uh no, there were white lights. The Christmas ornaments are going to be like red and green and gold and silver and like very, very traditional Christmas colors. Like we don't, we don't do pinks and blues. Like that's not Christmas in my family's book. And so, oh, and also for, like in my house, flock trees were not not a thing. Like that was, that was not something we did. So I ordered a beautiful flocked tree. I switched, out. I switched out my topper. So no angel, no star. Um, I found like this Christmas bell, like this huge bronze bell that was decorated. And I put that on the top because it wasn't what I had had. I put on the most delightful ornaments like pinks, gold, silvers. Cause I'm I'm a metallic girl. Um, pinks, uh, like aqua blues, um, and just just fun. Like guys, listen, listen. I a couple years ago I bought these ornaments. They're my favorite. They're the the old school looking glass. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the uh, it's it's a very specific look. These old school glass ornaments that are kind of coming back into style. And I bought two octopus ornaments and they're 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 absurd like they're covered in like glitter and pearls and like they're blue and pink and like (laughs) they're, they're amazing um and I love them and like I have added to them so like this year I found I found a narwhal ornament with his back covered in pearls and glitter come on so I have just started switching out to things that make me happy that light me up and that are just not what I had as I redefine Christmas. You know, the, the nativity sets have really been replaced by deers and trees. Um, of course all glitter to the hilt. Like, listen, the, I don't put normal trees up. Oh no. Like we have solid gold glitter trees because that is how I roll. Um, oh, and I just realized I have not bought candy for the, uh, Christmas house and my daughter is going to be sad. Uh, <laughs> I would love to get rid of that as well, but, but she, she likes candy for breakfast in the morning. So, you know, she gets real sad when I mess up the time of year where she actually gets candy for breakfast every morning without me yelling at her. Um, I did not put down the, uh, Christmas tree up. upstairs. Oh, what am I saying? Well, every single word in that sentence got flipped to the wrong spot. I did not put up the Christmas tree that goes downstairs this year. Um, I am planning on doing it next year, but, Part of the reason that I didn't was because I have not redone that tree yet, and I really want to redefine it. I really want to go pick out something that's fun and different, and I haven't figured out what that looks like down there yet, but as I've let the grief process go on, <laughs> let I like how I said that as if I was such a magnanimous human that I was like, I will allow it. That is not how that happened. It just it just happened. Um, It was unavoidable. But now that I am through the stages, like I I am feeling almost excitement of reclaiming this holiday for myself. Like, what do I want? Do I want to have a very, you know, pagan style Christmas tree with the, the, the original, things like candles and, you know, like I can't even, I've seen these trees and now my brain just evaporated everything. Um, do I want a cat Christmas tree? Okay. No, I don't actually ever want that, but I can do whatever I want. Um, I found guys, I found this tree. You should Pinterest it because I can't show you a picture on a podcast, but it, (laughs) it is a rainbow tree and it's like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life like it's only balls but they like it starts why can't I think of rainbow colors but like you know like purple and then like a lighter purple and then a blue and like and it's these sections of balls that go all the way up and it is so beautiful so I thought about that and that makes me excited that makes me excited to say what do I want this holiday to be what do I want my focus to be on where where do I want to find the joy because my sources of joy are not something I find joy in anymore my old sources of joy are just not available and then then I did something else and I will have to let you know how this goes because we haven't got through it yet but I really wanted Christmas with just my family and we have never done that before It has always been expected that we either be at my family's house or at my in-laws house. And my children are 18 and 16 and I have not had one single year where it was just the four of us for this holiday. And I've wanted it for at least 15 years. But I didn't have, I wasn't sturdy enough in myself and my own knowing to know that I had a choice in the matter Because nobody handed me a choice. Nobody said, you don't have to come if you don't want to. And I was so susceptible to the guilt and the shame. um, Because it it was never about Christmas. It was about, don't you love us enough to be here? Like, why would you not want to be here if you loved us? And I'm standing in a place now where I don't believe that anymore. I can love you dearly and also want to have Christmas with just my husband and my two children because that is special those those things are not synonymous with each other and i i can do both i can love you and i can make christmas what i want it to be because i love me so i will say that this this is not the stars did align to give me the courage here because my in-laws decided that they would rather not have us drive to their new house location because they were worried about the weather. And so it allowed me to make a choice for the first time, um, that is going to give me courage to make future choices. So I'm grateful for this on so, so many levels. I needed this more than I knew. Um, so once it was for sure that we weren't going to my in-laws, I told my husband, I said, I have wanted, and he knew, he knew, I've talked about this so much. I said, I, I want to rent a cabin in the woods and i want to have christmas there with just the four of us and and i <laughs> i checked with him because i mean listen airbnb's out of control and you try to book at christmas like you're paying prime rates like i paid i paid a chunk of money to have like two days at this at this airbnb but i told him i said i really want to do this uh but this has been This dream of mine for so long that I can't do it if you are going to be grinchy about it. Like, I'm not saying I want you to fake it. What I'm saying is, I need you to tell me right now if you're not going to be able to handle it because I don't want to do it if that's what's going to happen. Like, this is, it felt, mm, this idea of spending time with my family at a cabin felt sacred in a way that nothing around this holiday has felt sacred for years. And he sat there for a minute and I saw him soften and he was like, "No, you've wanted to do this for so long. Let's do it. I will be fine. I can I can I can do it. I will be happy. It will be good." And I said, "Okay." And I got in the bathtub to because I take a bath most every night just to be still and usually meditate. And and sometimes I get on my phone and shop for Airbnbs. And so I, uh, I found one that would work. My kids aren't little anymore, so I knew it wasn't going to work to just be like, stare at the snow and drink hot chocolate. This will be great. So I, I picked one with a hot tub, and it's got like a, I don't know, a foos table and a pool table, and it was really perfect for what we needed. And I hit book, and I started crying. Because I was so happy. Like I just started crying, happy, happy tears. And that lasted for like, I don't know, 18 seconds. And then the 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 crying shifted and it moved to this sobbing that was so violent and so loud. My husband heard me downstairs. We have a tri-level house. So my husband heard me down all the way downstairs. And Came up and like poked his head in, and he was like, You all right? Like, you don't sound like you're breathing very well. And it had what had happened is the excitement had rapidly shifted to this purging of years of grief. Years and years of me denying myself, denying what I knew was important to me, denying what I wanted denying myself time spent with my children and my husband in a way that meant something to me, denying my own needs and desires, not because I wanted to, but only because of guilt and shame. All, all of these things came pouring out of me in these ugly, racking sobs. And I did, I told, you know, I told my husband as I'm still crying, I said, I will never do this to our children. I will never, ever do this to our children. I want them to be able to celebrate in the way that they want to celebrate. Do I want to see my children at Christmas? My God, of course I want to see my children at Christmas. Like, hello, who doesn't want to? We all want to, but if they can't come home it's okay. If if they've decided to go spend Christmas in Aspen, not that anyone in my house skis. I don't know why I just pulled that example out of my ass. But like, if they, wanna, if they have picked this up and they want to go skiing in Aspen, so be it. So be it. Like we can go on a cruise, we can do whatever. And I'm not saying that anyone else has to make this choice. And I'm not saying that You should just resign yourself to never seeing your family at Christmas. What I'm saying is choice and sovereignty are really, really important. And I think that for me, part of reclaiming the joy around this holiday, really, once I boil it all the way down, once we get through the grief, through the pain, through the loss, once we've processed all of that, it's a reclamation of self. It's a it's, it's a it's a claiming of my joy, of my values, of my belief system. And I can certainly go and participate in the belief systems and the joy of those around me. I can walk into a home and see the love that, that they have for whatever it is they've chosen to highlight, whether it be religious or non-religious. But for me, for me, I needed a reclamation and that is what I'm working on. And I hope that this holiday season, if you are in a place of grief or sorrow or anger or loss or pain, that you allow yourself to feel that to the degree that you need to and that you allow yourself to process it and to release it. And once you've done that you'll feel it. You'll know as those clouds start to part and things start to lift. And then decide what you want. Decide what you love. Decide if 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 you don't want to do Christmas at all. Maybe maybe you rename the holiday some crazy name that you pull out of thin air and maybe it means you eat donuts and crackers for the whole day with a variety of dipping sauces for your donuts and cheese spreads for your crackers. And that's what it is. I don't know. I just, I come up with things. Um, (laughs) whatever, whatever it is, find joy because we all deserve it. I truly, truly hope that all of you have a beautiful holiday whatever it looks like. I hope you have a productive holiday if you're in a time of grief and loss and know that you are not alone in your feelings, that you are not the only sad gray storm cloud wandering around a sea of Christmas lights and know that it will get better and you'll have good years and you'll have bad years and it's exactly perfect and I love you. Before I let you go, just a quick note that I am taking the holidays off both for myself and for Mary Helen, my amazing sound editor, so that we can both breathe for a second. Um, So the next episode of Silencing Women in the Name of God will be back on January 9th. So we will not have any episodes on the 27th or the 2nd. Uh, We will be thrilled to be back on the 9th. And if you're a little sad and you've watched, (laughs) watched, uh, if you've listened to every single episode, I'm really sorry and I love you. If you haven't, this is the perfect opportunity to get caught up. There are some amazing nuggets of gold in every single one of those episodes. Happy holidays. I will talk to you all soon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider taking the time to like, rate, review, and share. Let's make sure that when someone clicks on this podcast, that our voices are the loudest. Love you all once was a woman who lost her way. She wandered through thickets and thorns. They told her her pain was not but the price of finding her soul again. Silent, she was silent, but she'll carry her pain no more silent she was silent but she'll carry her pain